Hi, it's Roxy here with Canny Chatables. We're in season two, episode eight, and we are talking around some legal issues again. And I know we discussed legal issues last time um, with the wonderful senior lawyer at the Canny Group, Carleen Whiteman. Well, we've invited Carleen back. Hey, Carleen. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Look, we thought we'd talk about something a little bit different again today, which still goes into the estate planning area, but it's about blended families. Now, I'm really excited because the other person on Canny Chatables today is the wonderful Edwina. Um, now, Edwina, you um, you are the behind-the-scenes person of Canny Chatables. You and I have been um, the, 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 well, you're the brains trust behind the whole thing <laughs> and have been for the two seasons because you're the marketing and business development manager at Canny Group for all of the sections of the Canny Group. Um, but you're the behind-the-scenes person. So what are you doing here? Well, I mean, look, I thought it was about time I probably put my own two cents worth in. Um, but this this episode really hits home for me. I have a blended family. So for me, it's just, you know, talking about my experiences and hopefully that resonates with everyone that's listening. And it's not as scary as it may seem. Yeah, look, absolutely. And uh, look, I think nowadays blended families are becoming more of the norm than not. Um, But it does provide some fairly interesting and complicated at times issues from a legal perspective. And I guess, Carleen, that's where we would sort of turn to you. Do you want to just sort of give us a bit of a, like if we're estate planning, we're planning our our wills and we, we, we want to make sure that everyone's being looked after and looked after appropriately, this can be a bit complex, can't it? It can. It can be um, very complex at times. Um, it all it can depend on how you hold your assets, what you want to do, how you want to provide for certain members of the family. So it really is um, circumstance dependent um, in every case. Uh, well, I too have a blended family, and so it's kind of part of me is like, well, I want to look after everybody, but then. Um, I also need to look after my own children and make sure that they're properly taken care of. But then where did, yeah, like how does it all work? Um, Yeah, how does it all work? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there's sort of two or there's often two scenarios um, that come into it. So one is you're a husband and wife and you own everything in joint names and then um, it's a matter of, deciding together how you're going to provide for your children um, or your respective children Um, because if you own assets jointly then they automatically pass to your spouse upon your death so there really is a lot of trust involved too in that scenario trust that when the first person dies the second person is going to respect your wishes and still provide for your children Um, and the second scenario is in cases where um, a Uh, spouses hold assets in individual names they've kept everything separate usually they do this for the purposes of providing for their own respective children Um, not always but those are kind of two situations that often come up and have to be worked through Right. Okay. So Edwina, you know, you talk about your blended family what sort of how have you structured things I mean I guess that 
given that you work at the Candy Group, you've got <laughs> uh, access to lawyers and accountants and, you know, so I'm, I'm presuming you're all over this. <laughs> I Yes, I am. Um, I've ticked it off my to-do list and I am. I'm very lucky with that I work at the Canny Group, so I sort of get to jump the queue a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, look, in saying that with my situation, I'm a single parent. I'm a sole single parent, so there's no it's just me. (laughs) So for me, it's more so, um, you know, I went in, did my will, spoke about my situation. And I do have to be a little bit careful about what I share because there are some legal issues involved. But I mean, it's, how do I put it? Yes, you can go in and do your will. But I mean, for me, I've got two young kids. And while they have different fathers, one father isn't involved the other one is about to become back involved if that sort of makes sense so I have to be really careful in the sense that whilst I know one's never going to be an issue I do know that one potentially there could be some issues if something was to happen to me so the advice that I've been given is whilst the will's not binding I've put all sorts of things in place in regards to if something does happened to me that you know where the boy who the boys go to basically but I've also given supporting documents like the folder is so thick of you know all things that I could find and think of to include so that if it did end up going to court if I was to pass away that you know there's reason behind why I've chosen the people that I've chosen and what's in the best interest of the kids and things like that. And obviously, see, that's a, quite complicated because it's about keeping the children together and, yes. you know, and uh, there's a lot of things to be considered. I yeah. know that um, at one point my children are adults now and so it's less of an issue, but I know yeah. that at one point um, that my money was going to what if, I, if I'd passed away it wasn't going to go to my ex-husband who was the father of the children it was going to go to a trust for the children yes. and used for certain things being um, a, a certain amount to help them with their living and uh, education and those kind of things but then any residual was to be saved until they were of a certain age and so it's yeah. sort of uh, but it's very complicated to it try is, and figure out and what I mean, to do. As, you know, like just me, I'm sort of going, oh, you know, like I pay for the school fees and, you know, I pay for the groceries and I pay for everything, which yeah. which is fine. I wouldn't have it any other way. And to be honest, I don't really know it any other way, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. it's also, you know, my boys also have trusts as well for that reason so that, you know, if something was to happen to me, um, there is money there, but it's to pay for schooling and things like that. But it was also something that I had no idea about with my superannuation. Oh, of course. That, um, you know, I just assumed that it formed part of your estate and it went to whoever your beneficiaries were. So I had that looked over by the legal team as well, which was fantastic because, you know, whilst... um, there's not a great deal in there, but it's still a lot of money well, and it ticks along. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. And it yeah. will tick along, you know. It will. So yeah. what I did was um, 
you know, obviously the boys were named as my beneficiaries, but the legal advice that I got was, you know, why don't you consider actually nominating your estate as the beneficiary? That way it does form part of your estate and it can go to whoever you know, you say it's you will. It is, and that way there's no risk of if I did pass away and the father came back in and said, oh, well, actually I need that money to be able to, you know, buy school mm-hmm. clothes or whatever. But really there's no there's no one governing that to where it can actually go and how it's spent. So at least that way I know that it will be used for the boys if and when that time comes. So, Carleen, I guess that there, there are so many different scenarios. I know another um, another sort of scenario, I guess, is where, um, you know, there might be a couple, they might have built up a life together, they've got quite a few assets, they divorce mm-hmm. and go their separate ways. Then one might start another relationship. They've got children and as the children grow older, they might start another relationship and then all of the assets and things that they've built up over their lifetime um, will then could potentially go to the new partner but not benefit the children. So it's about figuring out ways of helping that happen. Is yes. that, that sounds, I hope you understand what I mean by that, but I, yes. I've seen that a number of times as being a complication. Yeah, it's a big complication. And um, when that happens and a couple go in to make their will, there's a lot of different considerations because obviously people want to provide for their own children. That's a major consideration. But also um, they once they marry or um, are in a de facto relationship, the law sees that they have also have an obligation to provide for their new spouse or partner. So it's not as easy as just saying, well, this was my assets from a previous or before we met. So you don't have any rights to them. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. But there are things that can be done if, for example, you wanted to make sure your children were provided for. And Edwina mentioned superannuation. The way superannuation passes is a big consideration. So in this example, it might be that they decide to nominate their their adult children so it doesn't form part of their estate and goes directly to their adult children. Yeah, right. Um, that yeah, well, that's that's a really good way of, of I suppose, segmenting it, isn't it? Yes. Uh, do you, when you're putting your will together, is it wise to um, to let? So, particularly in this situation, so Ed, should Edwina let her boy's dad, um, the one that's still in the child's life, know what her will is going to say? I don't think so. I think um, a, a will's a, a personal document. And unless I always say to clients, you should let your executors know that you've chosen them as executors because then they will, um, you, you'll get an idea of whether they want to accept that role because if they don't want to accept that can cause problems. Um, but also then they know where your will is and you don't even necessarily have to tell them what it says. But I think in Edwina's situation, she's done everything she can to make sure that the money is spent for her boys. So the money will be looked after by her executors, the people she's chosen and that she trusts to um, spend the money and divvy out the money for what they consider the boys need if she was to die before they reached the age she selected. So that is something that we we do 
get often as a concern from clients, well, what if the child's mother or father if I die, do they get all the money? Well, no, they, they don't. Um, and the most important thing is that you choose a trusted person as your executor and someone who wouldn't be bullied by the child's um, mother or father to get you to give them the money when they don't need it. Yeah. So have you um, dealt with situations when once a parent has passed that things have gone south? Yes, Yeah. Yeah, many times, and it, it does happen. Um, and a lot of the time parents do think, well, that the person's passed and I've got access to all of this money and I should be able to spend it on a holiday or um, or what have you. But really that the parent that's left is responsible for daily, you know, daily needs and it shouldn't come out of the estate money unless it really is really necessary to. Yeah, wow. Um, it could be very, very complicated. So what are some of the things, if we want to just look at um, a few different things that we should be considering um, if we have a blended family? One is how you want your assets to be held. So that's a big thing in um, what we can do. So that's looking at it from an asset point of view, not really children, um, and what you want done with your superannuation. You also, when you go to the the legal team, we would need to sit down and look at your personal circumstances because the wealth that you and your spouse have is a big factor. Um, definitely who your executors are going to be. If they're not um, someone who you think is trusted, especially when young children are involved, trusted and able to make decisions without pressure, um, then that's important. Guardianship is a big, um, is a big issue and um, we put in a whole raft of things in our will in our wills to um, basically try to give the guardian powers and let them know what we would be happy for them to spend the money on well even um like in a situation where there there are a couple of different parents um for the children um like trying to keep the children together trying to ensure that um you know, like, yeah, that's that's very complicated, the guardianship alone. It is very complicated. And I always say to clients, you should write um, a letter accompanying our wishes in the will because the will is a public document. Once you've passed away and it goes to the court, anyone can access it. Um, so you don't want to put all of your personal details in your will, but you should definitely keep your any records or any reasons why you want things to happen to your children with your will so that can be used when the person needs to apply for guardianship. So it's like Edwina said that um, she's put together a heap of documents and and these I what sort of documents are we talking about Edwina just as a rough guide? Um, Well I mean this is just based around what like my personal situation so there's um, I've written a letter that goes with it. There is um, some documents from my family lawyer as well. Uh, there's also some court orders in there and a few other reports from like the police and other things yeah. like that. And that's, so sort of explaining, that's giving, uh, yeah, explaining what the situation has been. That's exactly right. The evidence of what that is. Yeah. And, and I mean, up until um, one of our solicitors actually said to do that, I sort of went, Oh, that's really annoying, but 
Like yeah. surely, you know, if I've said in my will that, you know, if I pass away, um, my kids are to go to my sister or whoever it may be, yeah. like no one else is going to want them. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I actually took a step back and went, oh, hang on. No, that actually might not be the case. Um, yeah. I did. And whilst it may seem overkill, I think for my um, personal situation and just my sanity as well, it's, that's exactly right. It's, you know, five minutes here, it's 10 minutes here. It's just printing something off the printer. And, you know, I always add to it as well. If I think yeah. that anything, you know, needs to go in there, I just pop it in there and I know where it is, you know, important people know where it is and it will, it it goes with my will. Yeah. And I think that's the thing as well. A lot of people um, sort of like in a Dwina situation might say, oh, well, you know, no one's seen or attempted to see much. The other parent hasn't attempted to see my children for X number of years. So therefore, you know, they don't turn their mind to it being an issue. But I think when that person dies, it's it often does create issues. You know, there are grandparents, there are the parent, even if the parents sort of don't want to come forward, there are grandparents, there are siblings of that other parent. Um, and sometimes it's not even that they want to act in the, or often it's not that they want to act in the best interest of the child like pride often does come into it yeah. a lot of the time um and i do know that um you know when somebody passes and when a will is read and that kind of thing it does tend to bring out the absolute worst it in does. People. yeah it does and i, I think don't um, know why but it does yeah and people in that have in their own mind what they think a will might say of a family member and if it doesn't say that people can be shocked and then that shock leads them to maybe go get legal advice and then they're sort of maybe spurred on by that legal advice and it just all you know gets a little out of control yeah um unfortunately yeah, unfortunately and no offense Carleen but the only people who tend to win in that case are the lawyers yeah no absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so, um so okay so we're thinking about guardianship and we're thinking about um the things that you've mentioned are there some other things that we should be considering um I think a lot of the time in a will, I mean, it's not just for blended families, but in a will, a lot of the time people worry about what's going to happen to them after they die in the sense of what's going to happen to their body. So um, they might say, well, I want to be buried in X place. Mm. Um, in A lot of people are shocked to realise that if they put that in their will, it's actually an expression of wishes and the executor is a person that has the right to decide. Um, so, again, it's important that you choose the person who you think will follow through with those wishes and or I say to people maybe go do you know a prepaid funeral or something like that yeah. so those wishes are carried out because even though it seems silly and it seems like maybe something small in the scheme of things I have had you know a number of cases where we've actually fought over where the body goes and or how whether it's buried or cremated yeah, well, um, wow. yeah. That blows yeah. my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, and you sort of think that's, that seems crazy, but the people become very passionate about this. Yeah, and especially in blended families, you, um, you might find, and it, it's often different. So if a child 
if there's a blended family and one of, you know, let's say the husband, his wife passed away and then he remarried, often the children are very, you know, well, he should go with my mother. He shouldn't, and, you know, and often the new wife is like, no, though, we've decided we'll go together. So that can, that can cause issues. Yeah, so there's there certainly is a great deal to consider. I think um, I think one of the things that's really important is that you've got to get a will. Yes, absolutely. And particularly if you have children, um, it's really important to make decisions around what's going to uh, what your what you want for your children should you not be around. Yes. Um, so that's super important. But I think um, with blended families, people tend to put it off because they put it in the too hard basket and it, they might not want to have that conversation with their spouse or their children or what have you. But um, it's actually more important for a blended family that you have a will because the law of, of intestacy try to sort of say what would happen if there was a blended family but it's obviously not, probably not what you would want. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. That's exactly right. Gosh, it's um, it's so, it's a bit of a minefield. So, I mean, I, I guess the best thing to do is to really just maybe even just make an appointment with a lawyer and say, look, this is my situation. Uh, what do I need to be considering? Um, and then take it from there. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are shocked when they come into the appointment that they need to consider lots of things. They think it's straightforward and it's not. Um, you know, even the even the small sort of thing that you might mention to clients, if assets are jointly held, for example, and you say, well, when just letting you know that if you, you whoever's to pass first, the survivor can change their will and they might exclude your children. A lot of people are quite shocked by that. Yeah, yeah. I know, and you you're not you're not thinking that's going to happen, but you don't know what's going to happen after you pass. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. it does happen quite a lot. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, if um like you might pass, and then that person might repartner, and then your children are even one further step away from. Yeah. So all that you may have accumulated or thought would go to your children for the rest of their lives is. That that's not going it's to happen. Gone. Yes. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Up with somebody else's children. Gosh. It's <laughs> yes. such a, well, I think the message is get your will done. And I've I've got to think. I've, I've, I probably I do need to update my will. I do need <laughs> to do that because um, I have bought a property, so that uh, needs to be updated. Um, so I need to think about that as well. So yeah, some very good advice there. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and my advice is quite simply is just contact the canny group canny.com.au make an appointment <laughs> and do it and you know exactly that it's it feels like it's in the too hard basket put it into your list of things that you're going to do and once you've ticked it off like Edwina you would feel now that you've got an enormous peace of mind that it's done it's dusted you don't need to you actually don't need to think about it again unless something significant changes in your life that's exactly right and I mean it wouldn't have wouldn't have I wouldn't have done a will even when we had a legal team um, unless my mum had turned around and said you need to get your will done and I was like oh, why do I need to do that like and that's exactly how Mandy sounds too you did such it a is. Good, um, good. that's exactly right and um, yeah you know I was like well don't the kids just go to you kind of thing yeah, like yeah. you know and she's like oh god what do you just just do yeah. it and yeah. now I understand and it's not scary it's just yeah. 
it might seem a bit boring and like, oh, I have nothing to leave. It is. Get your head around that. But like knowing, you know, I can sleep easy knowing that I've done everything that I can do um, to at least ensure that I can sleep easy at night and that, you know, it's if something was to happen to me, I, I can't, I couldn't have done any more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, that's the best way to think. Um, Carleen, is there anything that you want to leave us with? I've told everyone they've just got to get a will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would 100% agree with that advice. Even if it, like Edwina said, even if it seems scary, even if it seems a bit overwhelming, um, you need to get it done. And it's a lot of the time it's people don't want to have the difficult conversations, but you leave a mess for your family if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Something very important to do. Well, thank you so much, Carleen Whiteman, who is one of the senior lawyers at the Canny Group. Lovely to see you again. And Edwina Wilkins, uh, finally on the podcast. (laughs) It's only taken till close to the end of season two. I know, I know. This is the time where I normally jump off so you can take a photo and I'm like, I was never there. Exactly, exactly, that you were there this time. And look, and to be honest, um, Edwina, thank you so much for being so candid and sharing your story. I think what's important is that there will be people who are listening who, um, you know, will gain comfort from what you've said and that will help spur them on to do what they need to do. So, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's been great. So thank you very much, ladies. If all your information, anything, just check the show notes and we will be back with Caddy Chatables again soon. Thanks, Rob. Thank you.